Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Gianni Batici YouTube show. Hope you guys are well. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to play buy, hold, sell. We're going to look at forwards, defenders, and midfielders. Of course we are. So, without further ado, let's get started with three players that I think you should buy this game week. Probably not all three. I don't want you taking hits. But these are three players certainly high on my radar. And I'm very likely to buy one, if not two, of them. So, let's start with the forward I think we should buy this game week. And that is Nicholas Jackson. Now, many of you will be thinking... Thinking, why would you buy Jackson? He's blanking. He hasn't scored. He can't finish. Well, look, there's some good news, right? That's the bad. The good news is he's getting the chances. The good news is he's got two amazing home fixtures against Luton and Forrest up next. And the good news is also that he can finish. Pre-season, he was really good. He scored lots of goals for Chelsea pre-season and at the end of last season for the Real. He was one of the most deadly strikers in Europe for the last few months. Now, sure, in game week one and two, we haven't seen him looking great, but there's a reason why Chelsea bought him. There's a reason why Potter's put the faith in him. Now, the only thing that deters me from Jackson is simply if Chelsea go and buy another striker. Now, a transfer window is open until, I think, just before game week four. So you could buy Jackson game week three and then Chelsea go and buy number nine. So I would wait right up until the deadline and see what rumours there are for Chelsea to go and buy a nine. And if we don't think that's going to happen, then Jackson is a legit option. There are many out there that own João Pedro. I think that's a very easy switch. There are some like me that are on Ollie Watkins. Now, is that an easy switch? No. Like Watkins as Burnley could score big. But I prefer the next two for Jackson and the next two for Watkins. Watkins is Burnley away and I think Liverpool away versus Jackson with two really easy homes. I'm not saying make that move, but I'm saying I might, might, I might make that move. And I'm saying I do rate Watkins, but I just prefer Jackson, right? You can only have 15 players. When you sell a player, it doesn't mean you don't want them or you don't rate them. Um, so I think... Jackson is a legit option. And let's have a look at some of the non-penalty XG. Let's back up this with some numbers. All from Fantasy Football Scout, by the way. And there's a code in my bio if you fancy signing up. But look, non-penalty XG for forwards so far in the league this season. After two game weeks, Visser is top. Probably no surprises there. He's been proper good. Neil Mope in game week one clocked super high XG. So he's in second. Edouard at Palace is at third. Yeah, no Haaland. Uh, at number four, you've got Nicholas Jackson, 1.33 XG over the first two game weeks. He should have scored. He's been responsible for some bad finishing, sure. I hope and I think that could change. Ollie Watkins, by the way, is all the way down in 15th, um, 0.66. Um, so nowhere near, just FYI. Just FYI. Okay, what about the midfielder I think you should buy this game week? Well, this is an easy one, isn't it? Like, Bomo has been sensational sensational and it's not just a reliance on penalties 
I didn't buy Mbomo because I preferred Matoma. They've both been amazing, but Mbomo has edged it. And it's the penalties that's, that's got him those extra points. Of course it has been. But even in open play, we've seen open play goals and we've seen open play points from Mbomo. Like in open play, the non-penalty XG of all midfielders in the game, Mbomo's top. Like, higher than Mo Salah, higher than all the big names. He is top. And then he has two penalties to his name as well as all that non-penalty XG. He's a good pick. Now, Brentford, the fixtures for them look good, don't they? Crystal Palace ne up next at home. Then it's Bournemouth at home. Like, I'm I can't see a world where I fit him in because you've got to therefore sell one of your Arsenal midfielders or your Man United midfielders. Now, I only own, I own Rashford, uh, Martinelli and Saka. Now, they've all got brilliant home fixtures. So, sure, I'll probably sell one of them for game week four, probably Martinelli for Mbomo, but I think it's going to have to wait a week. But if you can get to Mbomo game week three, I think do. He's playing super, super well. And then, look, the next player I really want to talk about is the perfect buy if you're looking for a Gabriel replacement. And that is Gvardiol at Man City. The Man City defence, I said it on the... If you watch my videos pre-season, I said, we need to invest in Man City defence, the best defence in the league. Um, and I had John Stones in all my drafts and I might have had Diaz in a couple um, and then we heard the news pre-game week one that Stones wasn't playing and Diaz wasn't playing and I was like okay I just can't go City game week one because they were playing like Rico Lewis and Ake and players that I weren't sure were long-term holds um, but now we think there's long-term holds in this team that are fit and ready to go and that is Diaz who's 5.5 but Gvardiol who's 5 you could actually probably put a Kanji in the mix at five as well. But from all of them, I like Vardiol for the value you get. There's probably not much upside with Man City defenders. Like Cancelo's not a thing anymore, but that's fine. There doesn't need to be upside when they're getting six points a game. Two clean sheets in the first two. Next couple of fixtures, Sheffield United on the road. Do you think they'll get a clean sheet? Very good chance. And then Fulham at home. Yes, I think they're clean sheet in that fixture. So going for a Man City defender makes a lot of sense if you're looking for a Gabriel replacement. And there's none better, I don't think, than Guardiola. In terms of the best defences in the league, what we've seen so far, by the way, in terms of the expected goals conceded, City are right up there. They've only expected to concede um, 0 0.62. 0 0.62. Um, that is so, so impressive. Like, of course, they're keeping clean sheets. They're not conceding any chances against them. They're not conceding any shots against them. Um, so Gvardiol, definitely on my radar. Remember, by the way, John Stones is out to the international break. Um, but even with John Stones' addition, you should be pretty safe with Gvardiol and certainly of Diaz uh, minutes moving forward. So look, they are the three buys this week. We've got Jackson, we've got Mbomo, we've got Gvardiol. I can genuinely see myself buying one, if not two of those players and maybe even three over the next two weeks. What about the players that we hold? And of course, we need to talk about the players we sell. Before we do, guys, um, I'd love you guys to hit that like button. If you could, that'd mean a lot. Like, it helps the YouTube algorithm and more people get, I get eyes on the video if you hit the like button. So that'd be awesome. And obviously, if you're new around here, hit the subscribe button as well. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, I'll have my team reveal uh, out so you'll see what transfers I'm actually making. Um, but look, the holds. We'll start with the forwards. Um, Cameron Archer. Now, you might think this is an interesting one because it's like he's a lot of people's third forward. Hold him because there's still a good chance he moves to a Premier League club, right? Um, just so you know, Sheffield United are heavily linked. If he goes to Sheffield United, he's a starter for them, without doubt. He's also linked with a few championship clubs, including Leeds. That wouldn't be great. But for the time being, and the transfer window is open till game week four, remember, 
Um, just before game week four, hold Archer. Um, Rashford is my hold um, for midfield. If I put Bruno in this box, I'm not sure if he'd be a hold or a sell. But if between the two, I would be keeping Rashford over Bruno. Why? Well, sure, Bruno has the pens, but Rashford at some point soon is going to move out to the left-hand side. When Rashford's on the left, he's such a better player. He's such a better player. We knew number nine doesn't work for him in FPL quite so well. Martial will be back soon. We've got the new striker. Hoyland will be back in very soon. When they are, we'll see Rashford out on the left. It might be game week three he plays nine again, but I hope by game week four we see him wide. And even as the nine, like, the fixtures are still good. It's Forrest at home. His record against Forrest is really good. You know, last season against Forrest, he, I think he got 14 points. Really good performance against Forrest. Like, I would be very reluctant to sell Rashford this week. So, hold. I know there's other midfielders out there you want, right? You might be chasing an Mbomo or chasing a Matoma or you want to get to Foden. I would sell Bruno before Rashford and I'd probably sell even one, if not both, the Arsenal midfielders before Rashford. Maybe not Saka, but I think I'd sell Martinelli before Rashford as well. Okay, the defender to hold this week is Saliba. Feels a little bit obvious, doesn't it? He's done so well in game week one and two and fair play for those that went Saliba over Gabriel. We'll speak more about him in a minute. Um, and you were rewarded, but long term, do we think Saliba is going to be a good option? I don't actually think he is. Like, there's not a huge amount of upside with Saliba. And you could argue it's just an easy switch to a Man City defender without the same upside, with similar upside, like quite low, like a Guardiol or a Diaz. And I think that switch is worth making at some point. But for game week three, Fulham at home, I think Saliba has got a very good chance of a clean sheet and you hold him for this week. But then after that, you might want to move to a Man City defender because I think you get way more clean sheets with your Man City defender. Um, but let's see. Let's see how they get on in game week three. We're going to stick with the Arsenal defence though as we move to our three players that you have to sell this week for me. And we're going to start with Gabriel. Um, Gabriel is an easy sell. Now, many of you will think, Tommy Asu got sent off. Timber's injured. Zinchenko came on against Palace and should be fit to start. And if Zinchenko plays against Fulham, there's a good chance Gabriel plays because Zinchenko will be the inverted fullback and therefore there's no need to play Thomas Partey as the inverted fullback. I'm not sure that's the case because Thomas Partey has played well at right back, inverting. Played well against Palace in that role, really well. And Arteta could just say... No, we're going to stick with what we got and we're going to put Kivior at left back or we're going to put Zinchenko at left back, but actually stay at left back and we're going to have party inverting. And with that in mind, the centre-back pairing becomes still White and Saliba, who are both very good passers at the back. I was watching White on the ball against Palace and I just thought, this is one of the reasons why Gabriel has been dropped because he wants White in those central areas playing out from the back. He's very good with his distribution. Gabriel's not bad, but I'm not sure he's quite the passer of, of Ben White. Um, look, there is a, there's still a good chance Gabriel comes in against Fulham because of that red card to Tommy Asu, because of the injury to Timber. And if he comes in against Fulham, there's a very good chance he clean sheets. But long term, what are you going to do with Saliba? He'll be back out in game week three. It'll be willy, won't he, every week. Sorry, what are you going to do with Gabriel? He'll be, it'll be willy, won't he, every week. Um, and therefore, if you've not got any other fires to put out, sell Gabriel this week. Personally... I've got other transfers I might make, therefore I'm not sure I necessarily need to sell him this week because if I was to buy Guardiola, I think he'd potentially be on my bench, right? No, I may as well just wait a week. But 
he is a sale waiting to happen. So unfortunately, guys, even if he plays against Fulham, even if he scores against Fulham, Gabriel's a sell. Um, let's move up the rankings now to midfielder and then we'll finish on the forward that I think you should uh, should should get rid of this week. Um, but the midfield one is quite controversial. I'm a bit worried about saying this because I know the comments are going to get me. Um, I think you should sell Mo Salah this game week. I really do. And this is why. This is why. Um, without penalties, he hasn't been convincing us at all. Um, without penalties, his output is similar to Diaz and Jota. Buy one of them and save the four million. Um, now, will he have penalties? That's a million dollar question. We have seen Saka off penalties game week two. We've seen Watkins off penalties game week two. Will we see Mo Salah, who missed a couple last season and missed again in game week two, off penalties? Now, the reason why I think there's a good argument to suggest he could be off penalties is when you look at the records of Sabotzlai and the records of McAllister, they're so, so much better than Mo Salah. Salah's record's perfectly fine. He scored 32 penalties from 40, right? That output's around the 80% mark. Um, but McAllister's output in his pro career, he scored nine from 10. I think this exclu excludes shootouts, by the way. Nine from 10. So he's at 90%. So McAllister, and he scored lots of Brighton in the Premier League. McAllister could very easily be on pens. But even better than that, Sabotzlai. In his pro career, he scored 15 from 16. That record's insane. He's got 94% conversion. I don't know. We've seen it with Watkins. We've seen it with Saka. Now, sure, none of these are quite Mo Salah. Like, he is Mr. Liverpool in the last few years. And he's been Mr. FPL in the last few years. But Salah's record, it's average, right? The XG for a penalty is 0.78. It's 0.78 because 78% of the time, penalties are scored. Um, and Mo Salah's around that same mark. But then you look at 90% McAllister and 94% Sabotzlai and you think... Are they going to get it? Maybe they do. So if we take penalties away from Salah, well, this is what we get. We get a player that's got similar output to Diaz and Jota. Let's have a look at the non-penalty XGI in the first couple of game weeks. So Salah, Diaz and Jota, in terms of minutes, Salah's slightly higher. He's had 161, same as Diaz, but slightly higher than Jota, who's on 140. FPL points, Salah's got 10. Uh, but Luis Diaz and Jota have outperformed him on 15 and, and 13 for Jota. But the non-penalty XGI... Salah is on 1.14. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's probably not reflective of a 12.5 million asset. Uh, remember, players like Mbomo are on like 1.67. Um, and Luis Diaz, 1.53. Luis Diaz is outperforming Salah for points. Sim same minutes, but in expected data too. And then Jota, 0.89, quite surprising actually, a little bit under Salah. But what we're looking at is there's not much between them. And with that in mind, save the money. Use the money elsewhere and Mo Salah is a sell. Now, Mo Salah wouldn't ordinarily be a sell if there wasn't other midfielders in, that you could recruit that are doing well. But I guarantee you, you haven't got all the other midfielders doing well. There's a good chance you don't have Foden, you don't have Mbomo, you don't have Matoma, or you just have one of those guys that you want to recruit, knowing the fixtures, knowing the form of that player. So Salah, for me, is a sell this week. And then let's look at the forwards. There's a very obvious forward candidate for this role this week. And João Pedro, for as much as I bigged him up pre-season, for as much as I loved him in game week one, what we saw in game week two was Enciso come into the team and play the João Pedro role very well. Two assists for Enciso. And I don't think there's much between them. Now, many might say, João Pedro's a 30 million player. It's their record signing. Enciso's a 30 million player, right? They didn't pay that for him, but he's a 30 million player now. Um, 
Competition for places at Brighton are plenty for both the number nine and 10. Will it be Welbeck or Ferguson? Will it be Pedro or Enciso? The nailed players feel like Matoma and March. And even when European football starts up, I think we'll see rotation early on in the, the, the European competition. And it will be squad men. Andringa will come in or Buonanotte will come in or uh, Enciso will get more starts. And I hope that Matoma and March still get some rest and therefore they're always fit and ready for the Premier League. They feel like long-term holds for me. But João Pedro and Enciso and Ferguson and Welbeck Many weeks, especially when European fixtures start, will be will they, won't they? So easy sell, especially knowing there's forwards out there like Jackson you can probably reach with a little bit of wiggle room by selling Pedro, especially if you've got two free transfers and you can reach someone like a Jackson who we know is going to start game week three and we know he's got an amazing fixture game week three. So sure, Pedro could come back in. But if he comes in, there's a chance he's back out the following week. And I don't think you want that will he won't eat absolutely every week, which I think you might get with the Brighton number nine and the Brighton number 10. So that's really a summary of where we're at. Guys, let me know if you've liked this video. This is the first time I've done a kind of buy, hold, sell. And it will be a regular feature on Wednesdays if you guys like it. So this is very much a trial. So show that you like it by hitting the like button, by commenting, and of course, by subscribing to the channel. Now tomorrow, stay tuned because on Thursday, we are dropping my team selection video. And I think that will be the most exciting team selection video I'd have done in a while because I've got two free transfers. I've got, I think, a million in the bank. I've got lots of avenues I could go down and I'm excited to tell you what I'm thinking of doing on Thursday. So stay tuned and I'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.